Welcome back to the Talking Preps podcast, the Star Tribune's Talking Preps podcast. I'm David LeVake, and it's my pleasure to be joined by Sydney Morin today. Sydney's, you know, we only have 20 minutes. It's going to take me 15 of them to go through your flipping resume here. <laughs> 2013 Minnetonka graduate, three-time girls hockey state tournament champion, uh, went on to play at University of Minnesota Duluth where you were a two-time captain and you were the 2017 WCHA Defensive Player of the Year. And then we'd go on and, oh, by the way, she won a gold medal in 2018 at Pyeongchang with the women's uh, uh, Olympic team. And then um, getting it more uh, uh, up-to-date right now, you in May of this year, you just signed a two-year contract with the Minnesota Whitecaps of the Premier Hockey Federation. And mm -hmm. then... Just this uh, month, you were named a pro scout by the Carolina Hurricanes in the NHL. That's that's quite a resume you're building. <laughs> yeah, I mean, when when you put it like that, it sounds like I've been up to a lot, and it's been a lot of fun just continuing to play hockey and be involved in hockey. So um, I'm excited for the future. Yeah, yeah, and, and I, I like – this is the first time that I've interviewed somebody who was a, a former high school athlete in Minnesota, and – I just thought with everything that's been going on recently uh, that, that, you know, it'd be good to, to get you on and, and hear a little bit about it because you're, you're not only accomplishing great things, you're, you're blazing some trails and, and we'll get to that here, but I wanted to go back in, in the way back machine to, to the Minnetonka days. Um, ultimately in 2019, I don't know if you saw this. We, so that was the, the year that we had the 75th boys hockey tournament and the 25th girls hockey tournament. And for each one of those sports, we had a a list of top players. And so for the for the girls, it was the top 25 players to coincide with the 25th year of the tournament. You came in. I, I put you on there 15th. Are we, are you happy? Are we good with that? <laughs> I'm just happy to be on the list, to be honest. I mean, okay. I was I wasn't that flashy of a defenseman back in the day. So I don't know. I didn't I probably didn't contribute to as much. Uh, goals and assists as some other players. So I'm happy to be on that list. Well, and to your point in your little bio, I said she was overshadowed a bit by Rachel Ramsey and Sydney Baldwin, but you were at least three and maybe four years, you were the team leader in plus minus. So that's, that's a heck of an accomplishment. Yeah, for sure. I've all, I've always prided myself in, in playing a two way game. So I think even more when I was younger, I was, I was really proud to be a defenseman and, took pride in not getting scored against. So that speaks volumes for sure. Yeah, that's, I mean, we, you need to have that. Um, then you got uh, Minnesota Duluth, two-time captain, defensive player of the year. I wanted to go to the Olympics because in my notes, you were a late add to the Pyeongchang roster. And how did that come about? What, what, it sounds like it wasn't a, a sure thing uh, from the beginning, you, but you got in, you, you made the team and, and made contributions. How did that all play out? Yeah, I mean, it's kind of a wild story. I mean, uh, I hadn't really been to many USA camps uh, throughout my college career. Like most other players, they go to pretty much every camp. They're in the pool for a long time. But I, I kind of was on the outskirts of that. I went to one U22 camp. Um, and then I got the invite to go to the Olympic tryout um, just after my collegiate season had ended uh, in 2017. So uh, I worked my butt off to get myself ready. A lot of credit to Laura Bellamy for getting me ready for that camp. Um, 
and I was close. They told me I was close. I didn't make the team and uh, the coaches uh, encouraged me to continue playing uh, somewhere professionally that, you know, I was going to stay ready or maybe be ready for future national team events. Um, so I packed up my bags and moved to Sweden uh, and started playing over there and was having a great year. Um, I just loved the space out there, playing on an Olympic sheet, being able to put my skating to use. And um, yeah, I, I just had an awesome first half of the season there and got a call in, I think, beginning of November, right before Thanksgiving or so, asking if I would come join the team and um, see how I fit in. They thought my skating um, would be useful to them and they wanted to try it out and see how I did. Um, and then by the end of December, uh, I was told I made the team and the roster for the Olympics. So it was uh, kind of a wild ride. Um, but obviously, things happen for a reason. I'm super grateful for the opportunity, grateful that I continued playing and um, had my dream come true. Well, it's interesting because you weren't exactly forgotten about. I mean, in your senior year, you were one of five finalists for the Miss Hockey Award at, at Minnetonka come, coming out of high school. And then you, you, you know, two-time captain at, at Minnesota Duluth and, and you were recognized for your skills league-wide. But yet, as you said, some of the, in the, uh, at the international level, a lot of times these pools, these kids come up and, and, and we've known about them for so long. And, and so for you to, to, to break through, to stay and to win a gold medal, how extra gratifying is that to, to make the, the success out of that, that different sort of route you had to take? Yeah. I mean, I think it's good for people to see that too. I mean, you don't have to always be, I mean, I was still in a sense in the system, but I wasn't a regular per se. So I think that honestly, I was having fun with where I was at. I wasn't really worried about what national team programs were doing if I was there, or if I wasn't. So I was just trying to have fun, play good hockey, and you really never know what can happen um, out of that. You really never know who's watching on any given day. And um, lucky enough, some I got I obviously caught someone's eye at some point that gave me the opportunity to prove myself, and that's what I did when I got the chance. What did you? What were you told, or what did you decide for yourself that you were going to try to make? your contribution to the Olympic team? How, how did you see yourself? You know, I'm, I, I know I can do this, or they said, oh, we want you to do that. I mean, how did that, how did you get into that, that role that you ended up playing so well for that team? Yeah, I mean, um, as soon as I joined the team, I mean, people were really welcoming. The coaching staff took extra time to kind of get me up to speed as I, I was a late arrival. So I did a lot of like sessions with them on, you know, what they wanted me to do, but they didn't, they didn't want me to play scared. They wanted me to play with confidence. And um, I think that they really were able to give me that freedom and making me feel comfortable and uh, letting me just play my game and the rest will take care of it. I mean, I played on the third pair with Lee Steckline um, pretty much the whole year. Um, and then really honestly, basically at the Olympics is when they decided to put me on the power play. and. Mm uh it kind of worked I mean we were struggling a little bit and they wanted to try a different a different view a different uh formation on the power play and uh I got thrown in there and it kind of worked <laughs> out so I mean 
Um, but I mean, they obviously had to have the confidence in me and I had to have the confidence in myself to uh, perform there. And um, yeah, it was, it was really cool. Does it ever get old when people stop you on the street or around the rink and, and want to talk about 2018? Is that, is it, is it, will that be something you're happy to reminisce about the rest of your life or how does that, how does that work when you're a gold medalist? <laughs> yeah, for sure. I mean, if anybody were to recognize me, I'd be happy to talk, talk <laughs> about it with them. And, you know, um, if I ever do have the medal around, you know, some people always ask like, oh my God, like, am I, can I really hold it? Can I really touch it? I'm like, yeah, of course. Like uh, Megan Duggan shared with us, like before the 2018 Olympics and after, like, it's not meant to sit in a drawer. It's meant to be shared and for people to see it, for people to dream and experience that with, you never really know how you can affect someone's life by them seeing that it could spark a little girl's dream or honestly anybody. So it, it's meant to be shared and for other people to experience that with you. So that's what I try to do as much as I can. I got a little bit of that up close because Maddie Rooney, uh, your goaltender from the 2018 yeah. Olympic team, she came to the, uh, you were, we had already passed the, uh, the girls hockey tournament that year, uh, but the boys hockey tournament was in, in full swing. Maddie was back in the States and, and came to the boys hockey tournament and was up in the press box with the gold medal. And, and I'd interviewed her a couple of times when she was still playing at Andover. And so I said, oh, Hey, congratulations. And I, I actually, like you just said, you know, but you hear, can I see it? <laughs> can I, can I hold it? And I think she said, sure. Do you want to hold it? I'm like, yeah. And, and you just feel like I, I was told once I was at a, um, a draft, a NBA draft party. We're jumping around sports here, but it'll all come together. I was at an NBA draft party and uh, there was a, ma a magician that was at the draft party. And, and I said, uh, Oh, nice to meet you. And I said, why, why do you, why are you here? He said, because, every time you do a magic trick with somebody, no matter how old or young they are, they smile. And and it just kind of eases everybody's tension. And it just, in, in, you know, in this, when you're in this environment where you're waiting for your draft uh, information to be made public, it's just good to have something to kind of break the ice. And so I thought that same thing, not ice breaking part, but the, you can't help but smile part. When, when someone says you can hold the gold medal, it's it just, I felt like a little kid. It was really, it was really a humbling thing. And, yeah, and sure. I know very well what go, what goes into achieving one of those things. So I didn't, I felt a little unworthy, but, but very excited. And, and it was, it was a real treat. Do you, yeah. have you had that sort of exchange with people in, in out, out in the streets uh, or anything like that? Oh yeah, for sure. And, but honestly, it's mostly comments about how heavy it is. You can't <laughs> believe how heavy it is. And they always ask if it's real, real gold and, some people, some people think that they shouldn't put it on because they're like, I didn't oh. earn this, but I'm always like, put it on, who cares? Like, but there, there were some kids early on, they were, they kind of treated it almost like the Stanley cup. Like sure. if I put it on, I'll never win. I'll never win one. So I did experience oh. it well, but they would still take a picture, but I would, I'd be the one holding it or wearing it. <laughs> That's cool. And, and as you said, it, it transcends uh boys girls men women uh it's just it's it's you you won this for the united states and did that really sink in with with how much this means to people yeah for sure i mean it was a little bit 
uh, strange for me, right? Because my my family is actually from Canada, so I have dual citizenship. And most of the time, most of the time at the Olympics, I was actually getting interviewed by a reporter from Quebec, and <laughs> I was all over the Canadian news. So my family, all in Canada, kept seeing all this news about an American, you know, a dual citizen American girl playing for Team USA at the Olympics and win a gold medal over Team Canada. <laughs> and whatnot but I mean obviously I'm still I was born here in in America and I'm extremely proud to be American and although my fam most of my family is not American I was still happy to share it with friends and honestly anybody here that wants to see it are you allowed in Canada anymore (laughs) (laughs) yeah I think so all right, that's good. Uh, you, you're coming home. You mentioned playing overseas. Uh, you're coming home to play with the, the Whitecaps, and it's, you've, you've known about the Whitecaps and, and heard about their success and, and everything that they're doing to, to create a niche for themselves in a pretty crowded sports marketplace. What does it mean to, to come back and, and to now be part of it and, and trying to even push it a little bit further? Yeah, for sure. Um, So yeah, like you maybe said earlier, I've spent five years in Europe playing pro hockey over there. And there's honestly, I've loved my time over there. And there hasn't really been anything that's like made me turn my head and wanting to come home. Um, But around I think it was like this January, I was visiting my parents in Arizona. And there was some news about what was going on in the PHF and the investment and the higher salary cap benefits, whatnot came out. And that's when I started to turn my head and I wanted to know more about the league and the direction of it and where it was going. So I actually had a call not long after with the owner um, of uh, NLTT hockey, Andy Skirdo, who owns Minnesota Whitecaps and the Buffalo Buttes. Um, And he's on the board of governors. So I got a overview of you know what they're trying to do what it is and whatnot and then just kind of I just kept being curious about what was going on and eventually decided that I think that this would be a good path for me moving forward I think if I made the commitment uh, to sign here in Minnesota I think other talented players could follow um, and the level will go up which I think there's a, a lot of extremely talented players that have made the move to the PHF this year from wherever they might have been playing. So I think it's going to be a really exciting year. Um, and I think it's just going to get better. We have a great facilities now with the Whitecaps brand new locker room at Richfield. And um, I think things are definitely going in the right direction. So I'm excited for it. Well, I'm looking at the schedule and it says that your first game for the Whitecaps is Saturday, November the 5th. So what will you do in this roughly two months right now before the season starts? What do you do to stay sharp and, and what kind of training? Where do you skate? What kind of things do you have like that? Yeah, um, there was a few of us from the Whitecaps that skated this summer um, together somewhere with a skills coach. And um, we've actually already kind of started with the Whitecaps at Richfield. We have uh a gym facility and um, some off ice trainers now. So we've been working out as a team together for two or three weeks now, which has been exciting just to kind of get to know each other before we hit the ice all together. We've had uh, still some skills sessions as a team for whoever can make it during the day. And um, actually tonight is when we're starting our first official practice. Oh, nice. 
so yeah, well, it'll be a lot of practices for the first two months. We're actually going to play a, a game against the Gophers uh, on September 30th, I believe, at Ritter oh. Arena. So that'll be exciting. I think the Gophers maybe have some more team practices under their belt than we will at the time, but uh, it'll be fun to hit the ice together and play play a little preseason game for us. So Absolutely. Um, yeah, we've already kind of got things rolling, so it's good. It will just be a long wait until November 5th uh, in Toronto. Well, you'll have uh, plenty to do before that because, like you mentioned before, you were hired as a pro scout by the Carolina Hurricanes. And what um, what brought you into scouting? Because, <clears throat> excuse me, as I look at your uh, resume, none of nothing seems to necessarily lend itself to that type of a role. For example, uh, your degree it says was in in marketing analytics, and you know. So what what made scouting uh, an avenue you wanted to pursue? Yeah, I mean, honestly, there's I've I can't even tell you how many times I've been asked by people like, "What are you going to do when you stop playing hockey?" Mm. Uh, and I'm always like, you know, I'm not really sure I'll cross that bridge <laughs> when I get there. You know, I'm just going to keep playing hockey as long as I can, and when I know like. I'll know. And um, I honestly just feel like I haven't had the right opportunities for something to catch my interest. And, um, you know, there was an email that came across my computer from Eric Tulski, the assistant general ma manager from the Carolina Hurricanes. And that uh, caught my interest pretty quick. I wanted to know more about, you know, what was going on there, what what they had in mind for this pro scout position. And had a call with him that same evening and you know I kind of got excited but I didn't want to get too excited about it because I didn't know if it was something I'd be good at um mm -hmm. and you know I had kind of had a little trial with them watched some uh video and got to write reports on you know what I saw and I really felt like it was something that came naturally to me you know just to watch the game take notes what the player's doing what I see what I think they can do better and and whatnot and uh, lucky enough for me, after a little month-long uh, interviewing process and whatnot, uh, I got hired. So, yeah, I think it's going to be a really cool opportunity for me and um, something that I felt came natural. And uh, I really think it'll be good for me, to be honest, just to have something else to do on the side and kind of get my foot in the door um, in another field. What's your territory? Uh, I kind of got some central division teams that, uh, I'm in charge of watching and scouting and luckily Minnesota is one of them. So, uh, nice and close for me. And then, uh, a couple of the California teams as well. How does it work? Like they'll tell you the Carolina folks will tell you, okay, we're really interested in knowing more about player X and Y and Z and that's who you watch or do you, and if that's the case, how do you leave yourself the opportunity to see some other player that might be maybe he's going under the radar, but you think could be a good fit? And then how the heck do you do that when players <laughs> leave the ice every forty-five seconds? How does this all yeah. work? Because it's it's I like it's like when people score boxing matches. Like I don't know how people do this. What, what's what do you think is going to be the the way that you're going to be proceeding to get the information you need to get for the team? Yeah, it's kind of all of the above. You really have to act as you are the general manager of all of these clubs you're scouting and you need to know their situation in the NHL, the AHL, and 
um, their upcoming prospects and you need you need to really know all these teams but I am starting off so I have a lot to a lot to learn still but um, I'm kind of making my way we have a lot of like really great video tools if if you have want to watch this player you can pull up all his clips from one game and they'll just filter through or you could watch all of Adi's, the last 35 gap control clips of a defenseman to try to get a view on that. So there's a lot of analytical tools that they have these days to make uh, scouts life easier. And uh, yeah, I'm just, I'm really just trying to learn as much as I can. I just got started at the beginning of September. So um, yeah, it'll be a fun year. And Nashville hired your Whitecaps coach, Rhonda Inglehart. How is that going to work in the locker room? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, she was she was actually in, I think, uh, watching some prospect games and ran into some coworkers. <laughs> but uh, yeah, she's uh, doing amateur scouting, so I think she'll she'll be watching more of um, people for the upcoming draft versus uh, oh, okay. players already signed in the league. But I'm sure we'll. Have I'm sure we'll have some heat at some point. <laughs> <laughs> she gets hired the, the first uh, amateur scout, first female scout hired by Nashville. Yeah. And they talked about on the press release that comes after the Calgary Flames added a woman to their player development role. Seattle Kraken, same thing. Now you came on board with Carolina with a woman named Ellen Etchenham. Mm -hmm. And are you two the first two in that role as females for Carolina? Or are there other uh, women in the front office and doing roles with the with the club? I know there is some other women in the front office. I don't know if any of them are. I don't think anybody has been in pro scouting in the past. So I think that is new. But they, they do have women uh, working in their front office in Carolina, which is awesome. But like you said, a lot of more women being hired and for these NHL clubs, which is extremely exciting. And uh, I think that you know, they're starting to see value in having women uh, working for them, which is exciting. Sure. It's a, it's, it's a kind of the black and white, like you said, there's clips and there's uh, analytics and things, but what, is there something that a female brings a different set of eyes? Is there something that, that, that you can see or that, that, that a male can't, I mean, I'm just wondering if there's a, a contribution that can be made outside the pretty rigid analytical view of players and things. You know, I'm not sure. I think that, you know, it's, it's been a certain way for so long and you just get kind of stuck in doing the process in one way and whatnot. And, and uh, Carolina, they kind of have their own, own view on how they want things to be done and they want people to be open to doing things a different way. So mm -hmm. I think for them, it was just, you know, they hired two people who have never done pro scouting before two women who have never been in pro scouting before, um, but are, but are willing to adapt, willing to learn. And um, yeah, I mean, I think it's just a new set of eyes, to be honest, some a different sure. opinions. Uh, you know, all of, there's a bunch of people, a, a bunch of people in this pro scouting group and, you know, you won't always agree on, on things, but that's the whole point. That's the whole point of it. Everybody sees a player differently and that's how you discuss and uh, come to solutions. I wanted to take this full circle to Minnetonka and I know you're not in coaching, but you're in a role that, that is at least kind of a cousin of that. And so back when your high school coach, Eric Johnson, when he was uh, in charge of the Minnetonka program, he 
really was interested as, as a male, he was very interested in promoting from within different females throughout the, the program and things. And he really wanted to sort of plant the seeds with some of these uh, young women to become coaches down the road and, and to put more female coaches behind the bench in high school hockey. Is some of that in any way, does that have any kind of role in, in you thinking about yourself as, like I said, not a coach per se, but as someone who could do like a scouting thing, as someone who could, is there any connection there at all? I mean, yeah, I think for sure. I mean, yeah. uh, he's, I, he started coaching me when I was 10 years old. So I had known him for a long time and I would not be the player or person I am today without his help. You know, um, I think he played a huge role in my hockey career and maybe just subconsciously having all these different female coaches around through the years and seeing some of them become college coaches after um, coaching alongside him, I think probably speaks volumes for sure. And um, it's sad that he's not there anymore, but he's doing great things still with his life, but he's just a terrific person and, and coach. And I definitely wouldn't be who I am without him. Very good. Well, I, I, I think you, know, you talked about being excited for the future there, but the president's got a whole lot going on for you right now between the Whitecaps and Carolina. Very exciting, and I'm, I'm glad to be speaking with you about it. And uh, I appreciate the time, and, and we'll be looking forward to, to watching you with the Whitecaps, and, and, and good luck out on the scouting trail. Yeah, thank you so much, and uh, thank you for your time and having me on the podcast today. My pleasure. Sydney Moore, and thanks for being